One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then he said to them, Suppose that one of you has a friend, and he goes to him at midnight and says, Friend, let me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, Don't bother me, the door is already locked, and my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him the bread, because he is his friend, Yet because of the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you fathers, if your children ask for a fish, will give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, we'll give them a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask for him? This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Shall we pray together? Father God, thank you for this chance to gather around your word and your communion. Lord, I pray this morning as we focus ourselves on you, as we pause and reflect on who you are, help us to pray. Teach us to pray more and help us to grow in our relationship with you. Lord, we pray that by your Holy Spirit, we may glimpse your face this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. So good morning. Happy Thursday. How are we all doing? We're all doing well? Yes, good thumbs up. Exciting. Um, Happy New Year as well, because I haven't seen many of you uh, as we start this new year. If I haven't met you before, because there are some faces I don't recognise still. Uh, My name's Aidan, and I'm the curate here at Christchurch. And uh, it's a great privilege to be with you this morning and talk about prayer and introduce on our Thursday morning services our prayer series, as Joe spoke about. Now, we're we're going to be spending uh, the weeks up until Lent uh, doing Lord Teach Us to Pray, this series, and we're going to be using Pete Gregg's book that's on our little shelf there, which I'll get to in a second. Uh, It's Pete Gregg's book, How to Pray, Pete Gregg being the the founder uh, and the uh, director of 24-7 Prayer, an an international prayer movement that has really helped churches uh, grow in their prayer and seen the lives of churches change. Now, this Sunday, Joe introduced uh, our series on a Sunday, and uh, I was able to listen to it on our brand new podcast as I was, uh, as I was driving back from Wales. Uh, and he spoke about how prayer is central to our relationship with God. And even more than that, he, used, uh, he said that prayer is what we were made to do. Now, he used, there's a penguin up there on our shelf. I don't know if you can see. He used the analogy of a penguin. So a penguin, just as it walks on, on land, looks a bit uncomfortable. 
When it swims through the water, that's what it's made to do. It flies through the water. That's what a penguin is made to do. Us, when we're not in our relationship with God, when we're not living out our prayer life with God, yes, we're still humans. We're still made in the image of God. But as we pray, as we delve deeper into our relationship with God, that is what we are made to do. We become the people we were made to do. So that's what he was talking about. And this, on our Thursday services, what we're going to be doing, much as we did through our uh, What Does It Mean to Be Christchurch series, we're going to be kind of unpacking one part of, the, of what we've been looking at that week as a church, maybe delving deeper into one area. And I could do the similar question that Joe asked, which is why pray? But I think a lot of us here get the reason why we pray. We, we, I saw a lot of people nodding as Joe talked about that penguin. Yes, we agree that prayer is important. Yes, we agree that prayer is something we want to do. But I wonder if actually this morning it might be more helpful to look at prayer as a spiritual discipline. Why it's important for us to put effort and energy and devotion into our growing in prayer. Because I think a lot of us, and this is maybe just me, think I'd love to grow in prayer. I'd love to be more devoted in my prayer life. And this time next year, you know, we've just started a new year and a new decade. We might think, right, this time next year, I want to be this far deeper in my prayer life. But we find it a little bit hard. We find it a little bit jaded. You know, there's, there's various reasons why. And I want to talk about the spiritual discipline of prayer and how we steadily can grow in our prayer lives. But first of all, I think it's important to, to think about spiritual disciplines as a whole, you know, uh, that we can un- so that we can understand what I mean when I say prayer as a spiritual discipline. You know, spiritual discipline, it may be a term that you're familiar with and you're comfortable with, but actually the term discipline might put you off because often it comes with negative connotations, doesn't it, of punishment, and discipline is a negative word sometimes. But actually, discipline, in its, in its true original form, comes from a Latin word, disciplina, which means teaching, learning, or knowledge. And in turn, it kind of comes from, dis, uh, it comes from discipulus, which means learner or pupil, which is where we get our word disciple from. Disciplines are what disciples do. Spiritual disciplines are what disciples do. If that term is still confusing, think of, think of spiritual disciplines as the practices of Jesus. You know, we are Christians, followers of Jesus, seeking to grow in faith and in our relationship with God so that we grow to look, act, and think more like Jesus. And spiritual disciplines are the things that Jesus did. And as disciples, uh, they, they are the practices that we do. We want to pray like Jesus prayed, know and love the scriptures like Jesus loved them, Love people like Jesus did. Forgive as we have been forgiven, and so on. These are what spiritual disciplines are, the practices of Jesus. And prayer is a spiritual discipline that we can grow in. And it's hoped that the longer we are Christians, the more we would grow in it. You know, as we spend longer time growing in our faith, there'll be an upward trajectory, so that eventually, you know, we're we're praying a bit like Jesus prayed. But um, that's not always been my experience. You know, prayer is a good example of my whole spiritual life, uh, you know, as I said, we've just started this whole new year and I'm, I'm really excited. And I might think, right, this year is going to be the year I get my prayer life down. And you know what? I start, I make a resolution, I get up an extra hour earlier, 
and I sit there and I, and I devote myself in prayer and the next day I'm like, oh, I can go for it, but I'm a little bit late, I'm five minutes late. And then the third day I'm really tired because I've just remembered I've got a young baby and uh, no sleep is killing me. And so I might miss that third day. But the fourth day I'm like, no, no, I've got to go back on it. But the reality is if I try really hard to go you know, all out, maybe spend an hour or two hours in prayer, I'm just going to fail. I'm just going to fall short. And there's no way I'm going to pray like Jesus prayed. You know, that Jesus devoted himself almost the whole night in prayer at times. I'm not going to get there straight away. I think the problem is, for me, is that I want to be a super prayer or a prayer warrior just like that. I want to be zapped and suddenly be like Jesus in everything I do. But that isn't how it works. Now, this may just be me, but I'm pretty sure it isn't. I think this is a fairly common Christian experience. I'll use the analogy that, um, of, a, of, of a marathon runner. So if I, if I decided I want to run a marathon, okay, and uh, I decided, right, tomorrow I'm going to be a marathon runner, I'm going to run a marathon, I'm going to give it a go. Now, I, I, you're probably all aware that that's probably not something I'm going to do. But if I gave it a go, if I decided tomorrow I'm going to run a marathon, I'd probably go, and, I, and I've, I've, I've run occasionally in my life, and I know I'd probably get to about five miles, and that's when I'd hit the wall. And then if I was really com- you know, committed and really kept going, I'd probably get to about 10 miles, and then I'd probably die. <laughs> My body would just give out, and there's just no way I'm going to run a marathon. A marathon is... I am not a marathon runner, I think it's safe to say. Now, if I said next year, this time next year, I'm going to run a marathon, and I'm going to do it, and that's what's going to happen. I'm going to be a marathon runner next year. By the time I get to the end of this year, I will be able to do a marathon. But I did no training. What would happen is next year... I'd go to the start line, I'd run a marathon, and I'd die. (laughs) It'd still happen. However, if I decided this time next year I'm going to be a marathon runner, I'd like to get there, and today I run one mile. Next week, I'd look to run two miles, maybe a couple of times a week. And the week after, three miles. And steadily build on it and steadily progress. It might just possibly get to the point and a lot of people I've heard have experienced this, where they get to the point where actually a marathon is no longer uh, impossible. It is something, it's never easy, but it's something well within the realms of possibility. And likewise, with our prayer lives and with our spiritual disciplines as a whole, if we devote ourselves to growing in our spiritual disciplines and training little by little, steadily, steadily, you know, praying five minutes this week, six minutes a day next week, you know, steadily building, we might well get to the point where our habits and our lives and our actions, we get to the point where, you know, it's never easy to live the way that Jesus did, to pray the way that Jesus did. But we might get to the point where it is within the realms of possibility to act and live and way, uh, and live in a way and pray in a way that Jesus did. That's what spiritual disciplines are. They are spiritual training to grow in the, way, in the practices of Jesus. And I think, especially as we get older and more, uh, we've been Christian for longer, we have to be more devoted in our training. You know, while we, while we should be growing steadily in our faith, I think very easily, as, it's very easy as Christians to kind of that growth to plateau. You know, often when we become Christians, it's, there's a big jump and people get really, really excited and they're growing in their faith and they're kind of so excited, but they're just steadily, as time goes on, as the years goes on, it kind of plateaus. And, you, and maybe in our prayer lives especially, we might feel a stagnation and a kind of 
you know, this, this is a more negative term, obviously, but we might stagnate in our faith and in our prayer life and we get in a rut. But I want to say this, that we have never, you've never been Christian too long. You're never too old to go deeper in your relationship with God. And whoever you are, God is calling you to grow in the spiritual discipline of prayer, to give attention to it, to invest some time and energy into it, and devotion to it. And that's why I think this, pr- this prayer course that we're doing, this, this term of devoting ourselves to growing in prayer is so important for all of us. Amen? Okay, we're on the same board. Now you might be right, you might be thinking, hang on, this sounds a lot like hard work. We, of course, are Christians and we believe in a gospel of grace, right? We believe that actually there's nothing we can do to earn our salvation. Jesus has already done it on the cross. When you become a Christian, you are a Christian. End of. And that is utterly true. You know, there's no, you can never be more saved than you currently are. Okay, you, there's nothing you can do. The grace of God has saved you. And, and, and I'll be talking a bit more about this on Sunday. And that's our salvation. But there's another word which, we, which is, is used, which is sanctification, which means our look, how much we look like Jesus and become like Jesus and, and live like Jesus, growing to be like Jesus, fo- growing in our following. And, and what I want to say, say is that whilst salvation takes absolutely no work and no effort, sanctification, whilst it is an outworking of God's grace, it does actually come through works and grace and deeds as well. Okay, and there's, there's, there's a bit more unpacking to do that, and by all means ask me about that at the end. But James, our passage that we had from James, talks about how faith without works or without deeds is dead. Now, we can stagnate in our faith if we're not investing time and energy into our spiritual training. An example of this might be, you know, I, I know many people who have become Christians like that, and do you know what? There's been a big turnaround moment in their life. And they've found salvation, they've found Jesus, and praise God, they've experienced the grace of God. But how many people have we found where, you know, immediately they become a Christian and they suddenly have gone from a really difficult person to get on with to being perfectly easy and comfortable and light-hearted and forgiving and loving and gracious, and they just remind you entirely of Jesus? Actually, there's a, that's what spiritual disciplines are, and that's what it is with our prayer life. You know, I, don't, I don't, haven't met a Christian who becomes a Christian and then the next day is praying three hours a day or praying all night consistently for years and years in a sustaining fashion that will last them. Actually, no, it requires effort and that there is, you know, faith with works is the combination. And we look at the stories of Jesus. Jesus was always praying. As we come to the Bible, we see that, that through the Gospels, Jesus was someone who committed effort and energy to his relationship with God and devoted his time to his relationship with God. He could have just sat there and gone, do you know what, I'm the son of God. I have that perfect relationship. I don't need to invest time in it. But no, he invested time and energy. You know, during his baptism, when the heavens are open, what does it say Jesus is doing? He's praying. Before his ministry started, he spent 40 days in prayer and fasting in the desert. After feeding the 5,000, Jesus' first response is, I'm going to go pray. Luke 6 records that at times he spent the whole night in prayer, just as I said. Before he was arrested, Jesus spent another night in prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. In prayer and petition. And all of this investment in prayer led him to the place where when he's on the cross, he cried out in prayer to God and said, Father, forgive them, they do not know what they do. 
in our passage from Luke, uh, that we had from Luke 13, it starts, I don't know if you noticed or heard, but Jesus is about to teach them on prayer. The disciples saw Jesus had just come back from praying. He'd gone to a certain place and prayed. Jesus had once again devoted himself in time of prayer. So as we follow Jesus, we have to follow him in his devotion to prayer. And that's what I want to encourage us. So how do we respond to this? Well, um, Joe again on Sunday used some uh, simple applications from Pete Gregg's book. And it's a really good book. I really recommend it. I I haven't actually read the book. I've listened to it on audiobook again in the car and and when I've been sat down because I really like audiobooks. So if if reading is something you find troubling, um, then try and find it in audiobook form. Again, you can ask me at the end about that but it's been really really helpful and uh, the, the, the applications we've got and this is kind of kind of help us through our series just kind of basic principles for prayer is to keep it simple keep it real and keep it up okay keep it simple keep it real keep it up you know I, I kind of keeping it simple this look this is going to look like different things for different people okay Wherever you're at in your prayer life, if you want to grow in your prayer life, make that, those steps to grow simple. You know, if you don't pray at all, why not give it a go, praying for a few minutes every day. If you are a prayer warrior already, and I know I'm looking at some of you, you know, think about what the next steps are. Don't, don't set yourself the challenge that's unachievable. Keep it simple. For me, uh, in the morning, I, you know, I, I wake up quite early for some reason now. And, uh, and I'll be honest, I hate mornings. I struggle to really believe in God, let alone pray to him at seven o'clock in the morning. But I do. I give it a go. And I've, I've, worked, I've kind of ground out a, a routine or a, a kind of something that works for me. I use, I use the, the, uh, the, the Church of England's daily prayer, which um, we've got a Celtic daily prayer book there, but there's a Church of England daily prayer. I use that because I, I don't have the creativity in my mind to think of prayers, to really devote myself and stuff. I like to use a little service, a little guide. A little readings, it's something that I have a little book form or you have it on your phone. Um, and it's just a really helpful, just little simple, where the, there's some readings from the scriptures and then just kind of a nudge and direction of prayer. I find that really helpful for me. In the evening, I pray more kind of <laughs> creatively because I'm actually a night person, I'm awake, and Kathy and I will sit and pray together uh, if we can. But again, that doesn't come easily. I'm not a super prayer warrior, I find it quite tough. But keeping it simple for me is just a simple routine. Of in the morning, I read. I use a little helpful uh, guide. In the evening, Kathy and I, when we're together, we try and pray together. Keep it simple. Keep it real. Uh, this is something we're going to talk about more as we go on our series. But I just want to encourage you. You may be here this morning, and actually, you're in a difficult place. Prayer is not an act. It's not something we, we're not acting as we pray. We don't have to put on a pretense to God. Be real with God. No one suffered in the Bible more than Job. And do you know, if you actually read the book of Job, he had a go at God quite a lot. He was pretty strong and said, you know, God, why are you doing this to me? Why, is this, why are you letting this happen? And God reveals himself. And yes, he challenges Job's, Job's misunderstandings. And he challenges it and he reveals how glorious it is. But right at the end of Job, God has a conversation with Job's friends. And he says this, you have not spoken of me what is true like my servant Job has. He never criticises Job for being honest, for being real, for sharing his emotions, for sharing his tough times. 
God wants us in prayer to share who we really are, how we really feel. And again, we'll unpack that a bit more as we go on through our series. But keep it simple, keep it real. Be honest with God. He knows what you're thinking. He knows what you're going through. He wants honesty from us. And then keep it up. I think we, I've spoken about that, I suppose, enough. But keep it up. Be devoted. Find that goal. Keep it up daily if you can. Find a space to pray. Find a time to pray. It's going to look like different things for different people. Of course it will. But make a real devoted effort to go, do you know what, I'm not going to watch TV for five minutes at the next point in time. Don't, don't do it on your own as well. Maybe partner up with someone. Say, should we together, should we keep each other accountable? And each day at 5 p.m., we're going to text each other and say, let's pray. And you might pray. Or whatever it looks like for you. Do it in partnerships. People you live with, people you know. Persevere with prayer. And let's see how that goes. And to finish, I just want us to imagine... Okay, I want us to imagine what it would look like if we really got this. If we really, as a church, became passionate about prayer and devoted to the spiritual discipline of prayer and growing in our prayer life, what would happen? And as I said, the 24-7 prayer movement is a good example of this. You know, they have helped churches change their prayer lives around. Churches that once found praying difficult are suddenly spending all night praying. And are getting there and they're steadily praying. And we, we, there are so many tools that we'll be using. We've got a toolbox up here with just some ideas for prayer. But, you know, they, they, the stories that are coming out of 24-7 prayer are amazing. And I just encourage you to look up online them. Another example I'd have is that there's a lady called Sharon. And her grandmother is someone who, I think she was, when she told me this story, she was late into her 90s. And she had something like five children about 15 grandchildren and about 30 great-grandchildren. It was a proper dynasty, let's call it. And she had, what she did was she was sat there. She wasn't very mobile by this stage in her life, and she'd just written all of the names of her family on a sheet of paper, and every day she would just pray down the names, pray for each person. And then she'd maybe, she might nod off halfway through, and if she nodded off and she woke up again, she'd just start again where she got to. And she's just very simple, keeping it real, but faithfully praying for her family. And that's something we can all do. We can all keep it simple, keep it real, praying for those we love, people, the situations we care about. And keep it up, be devoted. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for the many examples of prayer we have in the Bible in our church, in our lives. Lord, we're sorry for the times where we... I'm sorry for the times where I don't have the energy to pray, where I fall short. We're sorry for the times where uh, our own devotion is not enough. But Lord, thank you that we do rely on your grace and we do have your grace and forgiveness. And as it said in our Luke passage... As we ask for your Holy Spirit, so you give it to us. And Lord, I pray that as a church, you would give us your spirit, your spirit that churns us and energizes us into prayer. Lord, teach us to pray more. Lord, teach us how to have the devotion to pray. Help us to be simple in our prayers. Help us to be honest and real with you. And help us to be devoted and keep our prayers up. 
We ask all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen.